Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of The Day Shift. Episodes are released on Saturday every fortnight. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. Subscribe if you're on iTunes or YouTube. You're here with myself, James, and Sam. What are we doing today, Sam? Well, James, today we're joined here by Liam Mawson, an aspiring politician who has very irregular conversations with the First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon. Conversations nonetheless and has very ambitious political aspirations. Yeah, I mean, there are so many things to unwrap today. Where do we even begin? How about we start with the big one today? I believe you want to run for office in the future, Liam. Is that is that right? That is um, 100% correct. Um, you're looking at the future. First Minister of an independent Scotland right here. Um, James, obviously some shorter term um, goals in the meantime. Um, um, at university with... Has um, humanities and social sciences. Um, obviously, in the next couple of years post university, you're looking at things like Scottish Parliament, um, European Union, hopefully, if an independent Scotland was to rejoin. Um, and then onwards and upwards, the sky is the limit. Um, but yeah, certainly political aspirations nonetheless. That's pretty cool. Um, like Sam mentioned earlier, I stalked your Twitter for a bit, Liam, <laughs> as part of my research and as part of. You didn't um, have to do that. <laughs> but as part of it, I saw that uh, Nicola Sturgeon follows you on Twitter, and I that's interesting. We're best friends. Um, she wouldn't say that, obviously. Um, she she wouldn't want to associate with me, probably. Um, but I consider us close friends. Um, no, no, no. Um, I mean, me and Nicola Sturgeon go way back. <laughs> um, no, um, I, I met Nicola Sturgeon post. Um, a debating competition when I was in high school um, and me being the little opportunist that Am decided to ask her for a follow on Twitter she duly obliged um, and we've had the odd Twitter conversation since but um, disregard what I said earlier we're not best friends as much as it might be a dream of mine um, So how did you meet yeah. her? Uh, um, within my high school um, we had a little debate team um, we competed in multiple competitions in Scotland, the UK and we even set a team to the Japan World Finals um, we were the best team in Scotland over a two year period and got invited to meet Nicola Sturgeon and sit in at Holyrood um, hearing whilst we were there we got to have um, one-to-one conversations, everyone within the team with the First Minister and I used it to the best of my ability by the looks of things. Did you manage to tell her about your aspirations to, to replace her at some point? I didn't quite tell her while I was sitting there that I wanted to take <laughs> her job, um, no. Although, on second thought, <laughs> it might not have been the worst idea. So, when you met her, uh, we spoke earlier, you said that she gave you a tour, is that correct? She didn't give the tour, we had a, a, we had a parliamentarian-led ah, okay. um, tour of the Scottish Parliament before going to meet um, Nicola, but um, by that point... <laughs> you can call her Nikki for short, right? <laughs> she, she actually doesn't like Nikki, um, <laughs> no... Um, she tells me about our weekly gin, gin and um, book sessions, um, you know, best friends. Um, but no, um, we got a tour by some random parliamentarian um, who then took us to meet the great, glorious Nicola. It all started there. So you said you were the second, you were the best team in Scotland, debate team. You just kind of glossed over that. For a little while. Um, yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I, I, I'll be perfectly honest, I, I wasn't the best speaker within the debate team, so I, I don't like to look into it too much. Um, but yeah, um, under the organisation Debate Mate, which does multiple um, 
like high rank in debating competitions throughout the UK and Europe, um, our school entered, um, and about eight of us um, competed in multiple teams across multiple competitions and continually scored fairly highly, especially for a team from Glasgow. Glasgow teams don't often do too well. Um, and from that, we eventually progressed to the UK Championships. We were the highest scoring team um, from Scotland in the competition history. Um, I, w- I will say, um, I was not one of the main speakers on that one. Um, of what pains me to say that. Um, and then that team progressed to the Japan World Finals. But um, certainly our debate team done fairly well. Um, and we got to seek some benefits as a reward well, for still that. Big congratulations on that. So what inspired you to want to run for political office? Are there like, any implementations that you, you are thinking about? Um, well, I think the question of inspiration is quite a big one, isn't it? I mean, uh, there's lots of different avenues you can look down. Um, so one of them, and I think we might be talking about this a little bit later on, is um, individual figures. So I, I'll keep that for a little bit later on. But I sort of hinted it in my answer to Sam regarding the, the debate team. Um, went to high school in Glasgow, at the east end of Glasgow to be precise. It's it's, it's not exactly living it up. Um, the east end of Glasgow is consistently ranked as one of the poorest areas in the country. I think at one point the east end of Glasgow ranked as the eighth worst area to live in in the European Union. It's a, it's a cliched answer that every future politician gives. I, um, I see things round about me and I want to fix it. But in this case, it actually is that I've went to um, all sorts of events in the East End of Glasgow, and, and, you, and you really do see the levels of disparity between um, people like us <laughs> um, and um, people who come from more affluent areas. And I think something has to be done about that at the highest level. And yeah, that that's a big inspiration is to try and help those sort of people out. And we'll touch more on it later. But I know that you're keen on travelling. And you mentioned there briefly on how you see disparity in different locations. Do you think that's also why uh, you want to fit travelling into your plans? You want to see how uh, people's lives are affected in different geographical areas? I, I think that's certainly an aspect of it. I, I, part of it's a selfish reason. I want to see the world. I want to do the, the bucket list, the 101 things you want to do before you die. I want to do as much as I can personally. Um, but there, there is obviously the, the wider aspect of that, isn't there? So there's the... Um, getting to experience different cultures, religions, um, societal um, outlooks. Um, and I think for someone who wants to do politics, who wants to represent everyone in, in society, um, you should understand what that society looks like. So, yeah, that that is probably a main influence behind it, yeah. If you came from a more affluent area, do you think you would have still got into politics? That's a difficult question. Um, I, I Again, I don't want to preempt the questions, but... Um, I didn't always want to be a politician. Um, it was never my first um, goal in life to be First Minister of Scotland. Um, and I'll keep that for when we get to it, but probably not is, is the honest answer to that. I think you'll find that a lot of people who aspire to get into politics do it for similar reasons to the ones that I've outlined. Um, would have necessarily have felt the need to do that if I wasn't experiencing those things? Probably not. For you. Yeah, so you have so many things you want to achieve, really. Are you worried that by doing so, they might start affecting each other and your chances of becoming successful within these goals are, are affected? I think that's a very interesting question. Um, I think it's a sort of question that I would be lying if I said no, but... I mean, it's something 
everyone deals with, you know, juggling different um, activities that they have going on on their yeah. lives. Do you have to pick? I one? don't think you need to you pick know? one. I, I think I think there's a balance, isn't there? I mean, if I, I'm not going to sit and say I'm going to do 100 things at once, but um, I think when you solely aim your energy into one individual thing, we can get too caught up on it and forget about the other things. Um, so, to the original question, um, I would be lying if I said no. I, I, it, it does. It is something that I think about, um, but it would never stop me from getting involved with anything. If I see something that I think's worth time and effort, then. Yeah, you have to jump on board and do it while you can. What is it you do in your downtime? Because whenever I speak to you, I feel like you're always working on a different project. I'm not always working. I'm not going to trees. I may answer as well and say um, for downtime, I run through fields of wheat either. Um, I've got a lot more into reading this year. Um, but again, it all links back because every book I've read this year has been about female um, world leaders. Um, so Kamala Harris, Yacinda Ardern, Angela Merkel. I mean, the politics world never stops. Um, so my downtime is actually inherently linked to everything I want to do, which is sad, really. <laughs> See, just talking about at university, do you think anyone can make a change to the wider environment? So could someone wake up in the morning think, oh, I want to impact this? Do you need to be leader of a country to make an impact, or can anyone do it? Um, it's different at individual levels. Um, on a national scale, unfortunately, you probably do have to have a level of power. At an individual level, so for example, the university one, if you get up with the purpose of, I want to change this, you'll commonly find that there's a lot more support than you think within there, so that, that one becomes 10, that 10 becomes 100. And one's for numbers boost, um, strength in numbers, right? So um, I, I think that's one thing I would always sort of suggest. If you have an idea, get it out there, get it public, because you won't be the only person who thinks like that. Um, we've seen that within the university this year alone. Um, but unfortunately, on a global scale, that's maybe not as applicable. You've positioned yourself, whether you liked it or not, in like a public speaking role. You know, you have to put yourself out there. Has public speaking always been something that you have been confident in? Public speaking and me have a very interesting relationship. I'm sure you can tell, very strong Glaswegian accent. So I, I love to get involved in public speaking. Uh, everyone always tells I'm always the last person to stop talking and everyone um, either love you or hate it for it. But the amount of times that I've struggled to get my point across because people I, they can't understand me. I, I mean, for example, we went to Strathclyde Model UN, went to the Model UN conference in Edinburgh last year. And the conference in Scotland, no one could understand me. <laughs> because um, I speak with such a heavy Glaswegian accent. I am trying so hard right now to speak English. Uh, speak yeah, English. we can just add subtitles or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, public speaking, I love public speaking. Uh, I'll take any um, chance I can get to get my point of view across. Uh, so you don't feel like nervous or anything? Or is it something you crave? If you had the choice, would you pick to do public speaking? Um, if I had the choice, I'd just do a pilot. <laughs> Um, as I say, I can do it. No, I'm. <laughs> if you offered me a microphone in front of any crowd, I would take it. Um, I, I, I think whether it's people who you know actively disagree with you or people if you're preaching to the crowd, um, I think it's important that um, if you have an opinion, you get it heard. Um, you have to do that in a respectful manner, of course, but um, I would always advise people to, to speak. Um, it's the only way things happen 
um, as if you get your opinions out there. Going back onto the point there, if you had to prioritise on, on these goals, would running for political office be at the top of the list for you? I think in a sort of... Or, or is it being a pilot? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as I said to Sam, if I could choose any um, career to wake up in tomorrow, it would have nothing to do with politics. Um, is being elected um, top of the list? Probably not. Um, I think in, in a mystical fantasy land, I would say yes. I'd wake up tomorrow and I'd be supreme leader. Um, but Supreme uh, leader? <laughs> um, but when I, 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 I um, hitting reality, sort of no. I, I, you've read what I've given to you. I, I'm really interested in data. I'm, I'm one of those sad people who could sit over and look over spreadsheets for hours upon hours, um, and I want to do data analysis, um, which isn't as exciting as say um, leading a country. But um, on a more reasonable, realistic note, yeah, probably looking at something like that. So if you weren't going to run for office, you'd do something to do with data? Is that what you're saying? Oh, you put it like that, it doesn't sound as exciting. Um, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what kind probably. of thing specifically? Um, so, uh, again, uh, it's great content here. Um, I, I'm really interested in looking at polling data. So, for example, um, we have the elections in Germany coming up um, this summer. And I have got my own dedicated spreadsheet to look at the polling trends um, from the top 10 polling agencies to look at the trends of where the parties are shifting. Especially mm-hmm. this year, because this is the year where Angela Merkel is resigning. Um, and I could spend four hours, four hours, ten hours, however amount of time, just sitting looking through the data um, and analysing it. And in Europe, especially in Europe, there's, there's a big market for the analysts, for the sort of polling world and it's, it's not a big world for many people but um, within the sort of politics sphere it's fairly large um, the sort of data analyst sphere is growing um, especially in countries like Germany, Spain and Italy where the population um, is there to withstand it um, so yeah probably something like that yeah doing a master's. Speaking of um, doing your masters you're also very heavily involved um, at university as well you've got many committee roles that you're involved in would you like to um, break that down for us okay so we'll start with um, the love of my life Strathclyde model UN model United Nations similar to debating um, except from um, if anyone from the debate society is listening it's much better um, so I am the currently the, the socials um, member of the committee so organising all the socials um, with Covid that is kind of redundant um, <laughs> and I think I can announce it now I think I think I can announce now that I'm hoping to be the next president of Model UN um, so that's one of them that's just organising in society sort of events um, the second one is I'm on the Climate Action Committee I mentioned he's a, a, a big proponent of environmental change I think we have to do it now um, and the university's got a very strong position on that, so I find that group very interesting. And then we sort of come to the representative role, so um, interfaith rep just now, um, as an atheist, that's quite an interesting one. Um, but uh, I'll maintain the description is represents all faiths and none. Ran for LGBT rep, that went really well. And running for hash rep just now, um, I, I do 
get involved with as many things as I can at university. I think that's something that you should do. There's no point. Universities, the university works only half of the experience, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I throw myself into everything. Sometimes it's been too much when you're on Zoom from 8am till 10pm. Um, those days aren't fun, but it's all worth it in the end. You spoke about HashRip. That's quite a big role at the university. Would you be able to explain what that entails a wee bit more? Yeah, so the HashRip um, is Humanities and Social Science. Um, sciences representative um, it's uh, an elected role within the union not the university but it works very closely with the university so you work with the class reps from all four years um, for undergrad um, within the university side of things you work with the lecturers and the research teams and then from the union side of things you work within the student parliament the student, um, you work underneath the VP education who's in the executive committee um, and you stand up for students' views. Um, so one of the big things that um, the faculty reps such as Haas um, are involved in is the no detriment policy, um, which is very important during COVID times. Um, what can I say about it? It's something that I've wanted to do, but it's one of those that you can't just walk right into. It's what we need to build up a little bit of experience. Um, so that's why... As I explained, I've went through the previous two rows. I'm really hoping to get it this year. Um, the elections are open just now. I believe this will come out after the elections, so I won't waste my time plugging um, the elections link. But hopefully, by the time this is out, we will be elected task rep, running against four very capable candidates, though, um, so it will be close. Are they friends of yours? Um, no. <laughs> Not anymore? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Um, it was an interesting one they released the nominations with the full list of candidates and the candidates list came out and I was like second year I'm second year I don't know you um, but I'm I, I'm optimistic quietly optimistic I'm not going to say we're elected I think that would be bold um, but if I was to make a prediction I would suggest we're probably favourites without without being in the lead favourites so Hashrep where do you go from Hash rep in the future. I know you've got big plans for Scotland for your political career. Do you have big plans for the university? Need to be very careful how I answer this one because there's certain rules um, that come into it with being able to announce certain things. Okay. Um, we don't need. I can take I, that out if you want. No, 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 no. I, I can, I can. I, I, I'll phrase it. Um, I am certainly interested in being in a full-time executive role. Um, I can't name the specific role for the sake of what I just outlined. Um, but yes, the executive committee is something that I'm very interested in. And that's a full-time role. So that's the five vice presidents and, of course, the presidency. Um, and I'm very interested in that. Do I think things need to change at the university? Yes. Do I think the university is outdated? Yes. Um, is the university doing everything it can to do its best for students? No, it's not. Um, so certainly interested in getting involved at a higher level capability to do that just now not quite there so everything you've mentioned so far liam has been very politically related whether that's politics in general whether that's um uni politics but um you've got some other ambitions you want to get into why change path i mean you mentioned briefly you want to be in a data analyst role am yeah. i right in saying that uh, and more specifically in berlin well, why berlin tell me all about that's it. a good transition <laughs> <laughs> um I, I, we, that is something we have been trying to work on for for quite a while now. Hopefully, we're getting better. Um, well, actually, it links in, and I'll I'll start with the politics and then move away to talk about Berlin. Promise, I won't talk about politics for too much longer. 
Um, so I said I wanted to do a Masters. Um, very interesting looking at the University of Berlin for the Masters. Um, and that's off of um, a lot of time spent there and through research. So I first visited Berlin, I want to say in 2016, may have been 2017 with um, the Scouts. Um, I was a Boy Scout, um, Scouts honour. Um, and we visited there for I believe eight days um, and we've done all the things that you would usually do so we've done the, the parliament, the, the TV tower, the Berlin Wall um, and, and I just find the city really interesting it was, it was a really intriguing place at that time I was 17 so we didn't get to experience some sort of nightlife of it but I found it a very in, entertaining, interesting, intriguing place to be Was that the first time you've been um, out of the UK? A lot of people, you know, fall in love like the first city they go travel to. I'm quite lucky in that sense. I'm fairly well travelled within Europe for someone of my age. Um, So Berlin wasn't the first place I'd been to, but it was the first place I certainly fell in love with. Um, Yeah, so I I, I went back to Berlin um, right before the start of the original lockdown. Um, just with a couple of friends for a weekend and I was really worried to be you know when you have that place that you love and you don't want to go back in case you fall out with it um, but I went back and I loved it even more um, so Berlin is it's the top of my list and I, I'm, as I said I, I'm quite lucky I've been a few places um, Dubrovnik in Croatia is lovely um, I've travelled quite a lot within Europe so Switzerland, Spain um, stopped off at France but um, nothing quite hits the heights that Berlin does, but Berlin is um, the capital of, not only just the capital of Germany, but it's the capital of Europe to me. It's, it's the place to be. Is Berlin the only place uh, you, were managed, you were able to visit in Germany? I was in Frankfurt and Cologne for, for a few days and I really enjoyed it. This is the downside. So, I always say how much I want to move to Berlin and study in Berlin. I have no clue what the rest of Germany is like. <laughs> and everyone always says that Berlin's not typical of the rest of Germany. Um, I suppose it doesn't really matter if you're staying in Berlin. But, um, no, I, I've been to a couple of, sort of towns surrounding it, but nothing nothing um, like another major city. I've always really, I'm really interested in going to somewhere like Dortmund, um, mainly for football and reasons, but... Well, you can tell me about Berlin and I'll tell you about Frankfurt and Cologne off the podcast. Germany's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great, though. I, 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 I'd love to go back and visit more of it. It's quite hard to do that without any connections, so to speak. Um, I, I, was, I was debating in my head there whether I should give you my one line of German and pretend that I could speak fluent German, but I'm not, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> if you did, you would have had me sold. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I, I can speak German, which is it's actually it's a lie. Um, I can't speak German. Um, I've tried multiple times to learn that, um, but it's it's almost like one of those things you mentioned earlier. You said um, if you've got so many things on your plate, do you have to drop one? Um, German's always been the first to go, um, so maybe I should change the priority list and get German back up the top of that. Um, difficult. It's difficult, isn't it, to move away? I think you're correct um, in saying that. I think when there's a will, there's a way, um, and there's certainly the will. Um, so, fingers crossed. Ho- hopefully, we can get there at some point. You've you're obviously someone who's not afraid to try many new things. You can finally give us an insight into any like models or role models or uh, people who have inspired you in the past. The list is quite long, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, 
I mean, I'll try, I'll try and start with something that's a little less politics-based before moving back. So, I think one of the standout names that probably doesn't fit in with the rest that's in there was Jose Mourinho, the, the, the Portuguese football manager. Um, I should have said as a big time, massive football fan. Um, doesn't get spoke about nearly enough football over politics every day of the week. Um, Just quickly, any any particular club? Um, for the sake of a future political career I'm not going to mention that Celtic um, <laughs> <laughs> Celtic saying Jose Mourinho's your idol is already controversial yeah. enough so we'll leave it there um, oh, he's fantastic but I, I, he, he, everywhere he's went he's won something I, that's something that I share I think no that I've won everything no that sounded really um, um, narcissistic I mean in the <laughs> sense of there's always the demand to win there's always the demand that you must be the best in your category um, some people say that, that that's um, you're not necessarily appreciating the position. Uh, I've got a very strong um, sort of self motto of if you're there, you're there to win, you're not there to take part. Um, and don't get me wrong, I completely appreciate people who don't have that position, but he, he's instrumental in that. I mean, he's been the underdog so many times, and every single time his ambition is to win, and every single time he has won. Um, so there's certainly that. I could go on about some more if you yeah. wanted, but. Yeah, go ahead. So, I sort of hinted in the Jose Mourinho story about the underdog. I, I like underdog stories, um, and probably a, a multifaceted angle here with the um, with Berlin in Germany. Um, one of my all-time favourite individuals is Angela Merkel. Um, a lot of people don't actually know Angela Merkel's story. So Angela Merkel um, was raised in East um, Germany under um, communist rule, um, and had a very difficult upbringing, an upbringing that people don't necessarily speak about. Um, very rare that a girl from, especially a female in, in, in European politics, um, comes from such a disadvantaged background, especially in Germany, coming from the east side of Germany. Very rare that you'll ever find yourself in major political office. Um, and Angela Merkel broke all the trends. Um, and that's despite the fact her father was very much in tune with the Communist Party in East Germany. Um, and she has risen to the top. Um, she's a very principled leader. Um, don't get me wrong, we disagree politically. Um, she, she's a conservative. I am definitely not a conservative. Um, but I, I do admire the journey that she's been on to get there. The, the, the principled approach she takes, I think, the refugee crisis is a big one. The Conservative Party um, continually banged on to Angela Merkel. You can't let the refugees in. Angela Merkel coming from East Germany, seen what being in such a vulnerable position can do to someone, said no, standing by her principles, Germany welcomes refugees. I think that was probably a big one for me, it made me think, we are very different politically, but you you are strong, you're a very good leader. Um, uh, yeah, so Angela Merkel, Angela Merkel and Jose Mourinho, what, what a couple that would be. And obviously uh, Nicola Sturgeon. Uh, would be an idol of yours. <laughs> oh, of course. But, Not just uh, because you guys uh, <laughs> best friends. Yeah. Do you think you can get her on a, on the podcast in the future? <laughs> um, I could certainly try, but I, I'm trying to save my annual DM for um, uh, more personal other <laughs> other purposes. Um, I'm pretty sure I've got that wine tasting event in the summer. Um, no. Someone I will pop along with her mics. <laughs> No, um, me and Nicola, oh, what, a, what a friendship. Um, I can't really say much about it, but I, uh, I'm hoping to um, 
have another opportunity to meet Nicola sometime soon, but I, I can't mention Do it you really send her an annual DM? Not an annual one, I think that'd be a bit creepy, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> On the same day, <laughs> every year. <laughs> oh, Nicola, it's nearly the 5th of March again! <laughs> um, no, um, <laughs> it was interesting because when, when I met her, um, I had made it clear I was really interested in politics and she was said, come along and shadow me for a day um, just reach out to our team and we'll get it done and Nicola if you're, if you're listening I'm still waiting um, but um, I reached out to the to, she told me to DM her on Twitter she didn't even want me to email her she was like just message me <laughs> casually just hi um, so I messaged out and, and she replied with a, a Presumably, someone on her team replied. I don't. I don't buy that it was Nicola. Um, with like, a, oh yeah, we'll get you penned in soon. Then Brexit happened, um, and that sort of threw everything <laughs> into um, into the bin. So I mean, she had fair enough excuse. I'm not going to hold Brexit over her. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, fair enough. But uh, I'm, I'm I mean, waiting. I think she does actually so, listen yeah. to this podcast. So hopefully, sometime soon, you'll get a DM. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tag yeah. her on Twitter. <laughs> um, you spoke about your mum earlier, and this ties in with uh, influences. How do you feel like your family? Is there any family influences that have got you to where you are? <laughs> oh, for better and worse. Um, well, I should probably should have said that. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, please, please don't. Um, oh, yeah, me and my mum. Me and my mum have a very interesting relationship um, I would probably go as far as to say and this is really sad this is a the lonely um, single child with no siblings aspect and me and my mum we're, we're, we're tight um, I love my wee mother um, yeah I mean as I said earlier very um, she was a person coming out of politics so none of us would be happening if it wasn't for her sort of um, will um, in politics Um I would say probably that's my strongest How did she get you into it? From a sort of family background. Um, well, the independence referendum campaign has kicked off and she was like, okay, um, you know, you're going to stop. Um, but you didn't force me. I should make that perfectly clear. She's not like, you will watch the debates. Well, um, we don't know. She could be holding a gun behind the camera. <laughs> actually, she's right, she's right there. Um, but um, no, I, it was very much she was watching say the, the, the leadership debate or the, the yes no debate and she'd be like right, come in and watch us and listen and make up your own mind and very very good at not forcing a sort of opinion the only thing that was ever forced on was you're not allowed to be a conservative um, but that's fair I can understand that um, position um, <laughs> um, and yeah yeah so definitely in terms of politics and being like, strong minded and independent um, certainly that's came from the the angle of my mum. What, what would you say your biggest achievement in life so far is? Oh, that, 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 now the script's out of the window. Um, I've not thought about that one. Um, it's going yeah. to sound like a weak one because I think a lot of people say everyone gets in now, but um, going to university, I mean, my first um, year of exam results were utterly horrendous in school. Um, picked up big time in second year, got everything I needed. Not second year, fifth year, but the second year of exams, um, and and sort of picked up everything I needed to get into Strathclyde, um, and and I went from 
really not looking like how it's going to go to uni to getting an unconditional offer in the space of 12 months. So that's probably that's probably the big one. Um, especially if I'm trying to keep it away from that political side, which we've said already. So in previous episodes, James and I spoke about our plans to travel abroad. Do you have any plans apart from Berlin, Liam? Um, I, I, I love the idea of travelling. Um, you can probably see my map up there in the background. Little pin map. Um, yeah, so travelling is something that I'm really interested in. Um, I'm hoping that by the time I finish fourth year, I'll have saved up enough to do um, the sort of trail of Southeast Asia, right down the coast of so China, Vietnam, um, Cambodia, Laos, Malaysia, Thailand. Um, hopefully, um, for about three months, um, backpacking with a few friends. Um, and it's a link back to what I was saying earlier. I think it's really important to travel and sort of widen your horizons about different cultures. Um, but it's not just Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia is a big one. It's a big one that I'm sort of looking for. Um, but any chance I get to travel, I'll travel. You could hand me a ticket anywhere, pretty much. Um, and, and I would take. Why it. Southeast Asia specifically? It's an interesting one. Um, I've I've watched a lot of content um, from people going to Southeast Asia. Um, a lot of vloggers, uh, a bit as well as things on the television as well. Uh, there's a couple of backpacking vloggers that I, I've watched who have done the trail and taking you through the journey. And it, it's one of it's so unique. It's and, and it changes so often along along the route. Um, and it's such a big adventure, isn't it? You can. It's a freedom, isn't it, to do whatever you want. So when you're out there and it's just you in your bag, you can decide what you're doing every single day. I think that's something that I really like the concept of and I'd really want to explore. So for me, going into the a country that's so unknown and with such a different culture from the UK, that really excites me. But I know some people it's a wee bit scary backpacking. Does it scare you? I think it's an, in- uh, it's, it's an interesting one again. Um, I would be lying to you if I said uh, there's no negative thoughts that go through my head when I think about doing it. Um but the fact that I'm doing it with a small group of friends uh, is a big one. It sort of brings a bit of comfort. And, and just the willingness to explore and see different things. I mean, uh, you could drop me anywhere. So it's just like a little bit of real-world geo-guesser, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you could drop me anywhere, and I'd, I'd be quite happy to explore and, and see what's going on. Um, but yeah, of course there's anxieties with it. But I think, I think the pros definitely outweigh the cons. Before the podcast started, you had mentioned uh, South America to us. South America, well, um, I, 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 I'm going to sound really camp here, and rightfully so, as the former um, rep, well, attempted representative for LGBT. Um, I'm really dying to go to Rio for Carnival. <laughs> I think that sounds like great fun. Um, but I, I, I would love to, again, backpacking is something I'm really into. I, I'd really love to try back parking as many different places as I can um, so I would love to do um, especially up that sort of western coast right up the Chilean sort of mountain range and, and the Andes and then into Venezuela and Colombia, I think those are really interesting places I, 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 I really want to do as many things that are sort of outside the box I don't necessarily want to um, be an influencer going to Santorini Italy and getting a photo taken on on, as much as it looks like a lovely place and no, no offence to anyone who wants to go to Santorini Italy um, but yeah I think going off the beaten track a little bit is something that not enough people do 
uh, and I think you can learn a lot from doing that um, mm-hmm. and it's something that I really want How to do you try. think you're going to fit that into your um, timeline? Oh, um, I've not, I've not thought about it at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if I was to sit down and try and plan it out in a map, I would realise that um, that thing you said earlier about doing too much would all come into it. Because I could tell you, I, I want to do one thousand five hundred eighty-seven different things, and then I probably couldn't do three quarters of them. Um, the Southeast Asia one's one I'm really determined to fit in, especially in that sort of three-month window between finishing fourth year and potentially starting. A masters or a postgrad that that certainly that's well that's scheduled um the, the sort of south america one is just uh, if the chance ever comes up of that and i, I or if it doesn't come up in the next short term and um, make the make the chance come up maybe a little bit later on um but the southeast asia one is happening i'm sure you'll plan it but from the sound of things you like to maybe experience the more authentic parts of the areas you want to visit so if you were perhaps to visit um somewhere on the coast of china or um, wherever it is in southeast asia you're not going to stay in like four star five star hotels are you no no um i'm a big um vocal supporter of um cheap hostels and airbnb i don't think people abuse them enough um so me and my friends were meant to be backpacking Europe this year as sort of like a, a practice run to get used to the concept of long term backpacking um, for doing Southeast Asia we thought we would do Europe first um, we're a lot more comfortable and familiar with it um, especially as a lot more English speakers as well which is something because all of us are the typical UK um, resident who does not learn second languages um, out of pure ignorance um, <laughs> and yeah, so I, I, I thought we'd do that. Um, and, and the whole idea was um, we would land somewhere, say for example Munich, um, we would have a hostel booked for that night, um, for that first night of being there, and after that nothing else is booked. You would have your you'd have your Euro um, line train ticket, you'd have your backpack, camera, and that would be you. And you just see. Have you ever watched Jack Whitehall travels with, uh, with his father? You're giving me that sort of energy. I have watched that. The thing is, I'm the father in that one. Um, no, I'm you're the, the one willing to experience these um, uh, hostels and local uh, B&Bs. Maybe I'm across of the two then. <laughs> because I'm also the old crabber, money. Um, I, I, I won't. See, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an awkward person. I love the spontaneity of, of doing the random things. But I'm a little OCD when it comes to like, structure. So You're the most um, organised person I know. I'm the most organised, disorganised person you know. <laughs> um, so I like to put on the, on the cover that I'm organised. I'm, I'm not organised at all. But <laughs> um, in this, in this sort of um, vacation or backpacking thing, it's flipping that. So it's about um, being unorganised on the cover because that's the spontaneity that's the fun that's the excitement but deep down as much as I've said I've not booked anything past that Munich hostel I've almost certainly got the next 16 days planned with train times down to the second um, because you're gonna the people you backpack with you should tell them they need to hold you down you know maybe instead of being the organiser they'll be the one you know what Liam we're gonna take charge of this trip we're booking this hostel and that's it that, that's not how that's not, I, I, I just couldn't I couldn't do it I have to have backup plans and for backup plans and um, I, I do I do rip it I mean me and my friends as I said me and my friends went to Berlin um, in March of last year um, just before the original lockdown kicked in 
um, and we only went through Friday to Friday to the Monday, which is your typical city break. Um, but I, I ripped it. It was my second time in Berlin, all of theirs first time in Berlin. So I thought, well, I'll show them everything that's good about Berlin. Um, but everything from like the times we were visiting attractions and uh, and what train we were getting to what train stop at what given time, how long we would be on the train, everything was everything was in the handbook that I had organised. Um, I wouldn't let them. <laughs> maybe this is more of a dictatorial um, holiday for them. I don't, I'm not sure how much fun any of them had. I loved it, so I don't really care if they didn't love it. Um, but I, 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 I rocking up to the airport with my ring binder with all my passports photocopied and <laughs> <laughs> back up um, back golden up passes <laughs> um, everyone's insurance, everything um, I don't, you know, you're not getting on the plane with me if you've not got your £2.30 post office insurance, no that's not how it works um, and, but it got quite bad though because the time we had been there for for Sunday night, so the Sunday night we, our flight home on a Monday wasn't until night time so we decided that Sunday would be the night we go for it. Sunday would be the night that we we, we went out and we got really drunk. But our, our hostel was hotel it was a quite cheap hotel hostel hybrid. Um, was right near the main train station in Berlin, um, Obtbahnhof, which is right in the centre. And um, we were about three train stops away from say the district that we were going to, but where the sort of nightlife was, um, and. When we went to this place, everyone was sober. I, I got them all on the train, got them back off the train. The six of us um, went right over bar crawls. And in, then the dilemma hit uh, at 2.30am and we went to leave to get home. But I was the only one that had studied the trains. Um, and I, I couldn't walk, um, let alone go on the trains. Um, and uh, so we sat outside the train station for about 45 minutes until some German conductor came up to us and tried to explain to us that this was the last but he had somehow figured out where we were going he somehow figured out where we were going what train we had to get and the fact that we were on the wrong side of the train station uh, and, and, and he came over and he was like <laughs> you have to go over there and we were like don't talk to me like um, and, and it was just a bit of a disaster um, but so maybe, maybe you're right, maybe I should um, allow them to organise it next time. For, for their own sake, so they aren't reliant. It's nothing to do with oh, yeah. me, it's, it's them, it's all in them. Of course, of course. <laughs> do you plan on vlogging it at all? Um, well, oh, I, I've lost it, Where, where's the camera went? There's no point, everyone's on Spotify, aren't they? Um, I, I got, for Christmas, um, I got the new Canon M50, um, and I'm hoping to use that to do um, the whole idea was lockdown was supposed to be lifted and we'd be able to do Scotland first and then Europe and then Southeast Asia and then and then all those lovely politicians and scientists decided that that wasn't happening. Um, so short term, no, but long term definitely, that's something I'd love to do. Um, I, if nothing else, just to keep a record of it. Um, I think it's good to keep a record, but what about money in the side went hot. <laughs> Do you have any experience vlogging? None whatsoever. None whatsoever. I, I've done... Well, it def, def, depends how you define vlogging. I mean, I, I did have a YouTube channel. No point in looking for it. It's all privated. Don't even waste your time. Um, but um, I wouldn't I, I, I wouldn't define them as high enough quality to classes, vlogs. I would just say it's just a little guy talking to his phone. Um, which was a complete and utter disaster. Yeah, it, it, it's something that interests me. It's something that I see people doing, and I think, 
that doesn't look too hard. Then, then you get the equipment and you try it and you think this actually is a little bit harder than it, it looks. Um, and yeah, so so we'll see. I mean, it, if I was to travel, and, and I will travel, uh, I'm COVID dependent, hopefully this year, um, then yeah, I'll be taking the camera with it and everyone else will hopefully get to watch along. The next Casey Neistat. That's 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 lowballing our maybe YouTube's ne- ne- next biggest sensation. Can't even say words at this point. <laughs> so one final question, mm-hmm. Liam. If you were in our shoes, what question would you ask yourself that we haven't asked? Are you gonna shut up? <laughs> um, no. Um, what would I ask myself? <laughs> Probably that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the, the polite guess and say that there's nothing else I would ask myself. He's have he's have hit every nail on the head. Um, that, that's my answer to that. That's my diplomatic answer to that. <laughs> but 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 you missed A, B, and C. <laughs> um, A couple from myself. Is there um, perhaps any regrets you've had in the past that you'd like to um, share? There's a few. That, you know, we all, we've 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 covered a lot a of your good, um, achievements, that's a good Liam. Question, you know, because there's some that we can go into in quite a lot of detail, and there's others that we can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do we need a part two? A part two is so, so so have this one the, the pros of Liam, and have the next one the cons. How about this? After you've travelled your Southeast Asia and you've been on been on your real uh, trip, you can come back. That's home. a that's a plan. I'm going to hold you to that. We'll hold you to that just like um, the way Nicola held you <laughs> to, to shadow. <laughs> uh, well, big regrets. So, I mean, everyone's got the, the ones that they always say, don't they? So, like, uh, I wish I had um, taken this job when I get the chance. I wish this, I wish that. Um, one sort of minor one um, is when we were running for the LGBT rep within Strathclyde. Um, I can see Sam's face because Sam knows how bad of a mood I was in the day I lost that. Oh. <laughs> Sam was there, Sam was there that day. Sam was walking, he was just casually walking by the library and he heard me screaming at hundreds of Strathclyde students to. Do you have a bleep button? Yeah, we can add a bleep button. Um, um, I was just sitting there screaming to Strathclyde students to fuck off and leave me alone. <laughs> Stop being useless <laughs> bastards and like. Um, <laughs> so a couple of bleeps needed there, um, and Sam definitely seen the worst side of me that day. I believe it, you, you, it was you, wasn't it? I don't know if you necessarily Probably. heard those comments, but um, you, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and that was due to a whole lot. I'm going to blame, and you know what? This is probably breaking the election rules. Um, so, uh, but then this isn't coming out to after the election, so who cares? Um, the Strathclyde Students Union majorly bleeped up. Um, the, the election process um, to the point where they've done some pretty poorly run things um, I try and watch how I word this again um, because a couple of legal complications come into it um, and we eventually got kicked out of the election for something that the other candidate did <laughs> and um, yeah so I would say regrets probably not taking that further because we decided in the end it was only a part-time role at university. It's not necessarily worth taking further. But as I explained earlier, you need to be in every battle to win it and, and that's probably a regret because they really should have been held accountable because if that can happen, 
to one person it can happen to anyone again in the future. And it happened to more than just me, it happened to a couple of friends that were running as well. Straff Union bad. Do you have any other regrets? Um, see, I don't like to... Uh, I mean, there's, uh, there's some things that you could say, like, uh, there's the ones that everyone always says, especially. I don't like making this a big deal because it's something that people always like to make a big deal, and I, I don't. Um, so everyone always says, oh, you should have came out earlier, or you should have... Um, or you should have been more open with people earlier. That's a big one, but I don't see that as a regret. I, I don't see that as a regret. I think um, I've hopefully put this across well enough over the hour and eight minutes that I've got on my screen um, that I like to do... Um, I like to live by the sword, die by the sword sort of approach um, where you have to take gambles and you have to um, sort of live in the moment so I don't think I've necessarily done anything like that that I would call a regret I think the timing on that sort of issue specifically was something that's perfectly correct um, but that's something that other people say should be a regret of mine um, so that's maybe an interesting one What age did you come um, out at? Oh, I had only just um, started university so oh, what age would yeah. I have been uh, I remember you 18. saying I, I forgot what age I was there that's not good isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I was 18. I, 18 in the April. Went to uni in September, probably about October, November time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not a big story. I came in drunk one night and just. Oh, this is to your family. Out. Did your friends know beforehand? Um, some of them knew, but I hadn't said. I mean, everyone knew, yeah. but I hadn't said. Um, but m- my closest friends knew. Um, it was actually interesting because the friends and I was still really good friends with me the people I went to Berlin with um, from school they, they were one of the last people that I told Ian though I knew they wouldn't give it they, they already knew mm-hmm. um, it was actually people from Freshers Week it was really interesting actually it's interesting to see every dynamic shift I think there was the big sort of thing where you come out of school and you've been in that sort of small bubble with the same people every day for six years so there was a lot more pressure to tell that sort of group Whereas when you go to university, and I think we'll all agree that, especially at Strathclyde, it's not a big deal. It's something that we bang on about all the time. Yeah. Um, so I, I suppose the environment was easier, but in terms of the family, the family one's actually quite a funny story. Um, I went out on a night out, Model UN. And by this point, everyone in Model UN already knew, so this wasn't a big deal. Um, and um, I'll make up a fake name because I probably shouldn't use the real name Bob. We'll, we'll call him Stuart okay. we'll call him Stuart but it's not Stuart um, definitely not Stuart um, we went in this night out and Stuart um, left early well, left about 9 o'clock right really early we weren't even drunk but I stayed out all night and, and Liam has a crush on Stuart um, and if Stuart's listening you know who you are it's fine um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> just for those uh, listening, well, everyone listening, Liam just winked at the camera. <laughs> it's fine, Stuart knows the story. Um, so I came in at about three in the morning, and my mum always waits up for me when I when I go out because good mother and all that. And I came in one night, so extremely drunk, and was like. Um, Mum, Stuart got me pregnant. Like, <laughs> obviously not using Stuart's real yeah. name because legal reasons. Um, <laughs> and then proceeded to say all sorts of things. I didn't remember any of this when I woke up, which was an interesting one. Um, 
so having her relay what I had said the night before was certainly interesting. Um, but oh, it was a fun, it was a fun, fun evening. I Did believe. Did your mum already know? Did she have an idea? Yeah. 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 Oh, certainly. I mean, you're talking to the boy who um, went to high school, played on. Um, what was it again? When we done hairspray, I was Mr. Pinky. You're talking to um, Buttons from Cinderella. Um, Willy Wonka. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I, I don't want to bang on about stereotypes because I know, I know it's not, um, it's not broad. Not everyone f- falls under the stereotypes. I understand what you mean, no. But I mean, yeah, certainly. I mean, if you didn't know, I mean, I think the year when we done Lady Gaga for Halloween, it must have sort of hit home. Um, I can try and get yeah, some pictures of that. Yeah, we can add this into the, for the, the thumbnail. Yeah, thumbnail. That's the thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, no, no, Future that's not her. <laughs> First minister. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Me and my dad go to the well when COVID isn't a thing. We go to the Celtic matches, and we used to live just across the road from Celtic Park. So it was like a big, massive. It was a big European night, and that's like a sellout game, sixty thousand people. Um, and about half an hour before kickoff was when we normally leave, and it was about forty minutes before kickoff, and Halloween was coming up a week later, and I was practicing my walk in my Lady Gaga heels, whilst also having like the Celtic outfit on ready to go to the game. Don't ask, big drama. Um, so I, 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 I think if they didn't know, it was it's on. That's on them. That's not me. <laughs> um, Being gay, do you feel like there's any? Barriers. How can I put this? I know that's a good question. You don't need to edit that. That that can go like that. Um, I do. I'm I'm a very opinionated person on this one. Um, Lots of people will disagree with me. It's okay to disagree. I'm just going to make that perfectly clear. Um, I think there's far too many stereotypes around it. I think something that university does do well is is sort of broadcast that it's okay, but they don't broadcast that there's a lot more behind the stereotypes. Um, so the university's got a lot more to do there. Um, and I think that's just a general thing with society. Um, I'm going to go back to a study that I used and I ran for LGBT rep last year. And I might have the numbers slightly off, give or take a few percent. But it's something along the lines of um, one in every ten people in the UK identify as LGBT. Um, but the actual number, especially under the sort of bi category, um, is actually expected to be around 3 in 10 rather than 1 in 10. The big issue is, is that the fear of coming out when the stereotypes are so large is that you automatically get pulled under as um, one of those stereotypes. So there's the big issue of people not wanting to change their character, um, but um, feel they have to if they were to do that. And, and that's something that's it's not right, um, and it's something that we definitely see play out. Um, so if I was to talk about barriers, that would be one. And don't get me wrong, that's me not. I'm not criticising per se the people who um, create the stereotypes. I think uh, not create. That's the wrong word. Um, live up to them, yeah. um, because they're there for a reason. They're there because it, it, it does tend to um, have an influence. Um, but I think there has to be a lot more work done to break down the barrier that not everyone falls under the stereotype. So yeah. Um, there is barriers it's possible to break those barriers but the work has to be done brilliant, thank you Liam hopefully you can look back in this podcast and you okay? 
I'm, I'm getting cancelled. Let's be perfectly clear. <laughs> <laughs> that, that last answer's just got me cancelled. Well, that's the go first minister out the window. And you can tell us the cut part. Oh, no, no, no. Keep it in. You sure? I'm, I embrace it. Okay. Um, cancel me. Cancel me. <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyways, um, Liam, it's been great having you on today. Really interesting to learn about you and your uh, political ambitions and your, uh, your travelling plans. Hopefully you can look back on this in five years time, Liam, and be like, oh, I did all these things. I met all my ambitions. It's been a pleasure. I, I, I I'll say I think you're probably bigger than me in five years time. Um, <laughs> but um, those ambitions might be short-lived. <laughs> but, um, no, I yeah, believe you can do it. Um, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes and YouTube. Yeah, feel free to leave any feedback on our third episode. Uh, follow us if you're on Spotify. Subscribe if you're on iTunes or YouTube. And see you guys later. See ya. Liam, say bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fine. Keep that. That's fantastic.